We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer. Welcome to the El Conservador show brought to you courtesy of Border Hawk News. If you want to know anything about what's happening in my immigration or immigration, should I say, and migrations across the world, Border Hawk News is the uh, answer. They have it all. So welcome on this beautiful Saturday, June 26th. Uh, 2021. We want to. Uh, we've got a packed show for you, my friends. So let me begin by telling you who's on the show, so we can jump into it real quick. Uh, first of all, we've got uh, our good friend Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County, who's going to be giving us an update of what is happening in his county. Kenny County is um, one of the western counties, uh, or southwestern counties here in Texas, rural and uh, right on the front lines of the uh, border crisis. So he's going to give us an update of what's happening in his backyard. Uh, then we've got um, a new a new uh, uh, person to uh, a new guest with us, Miss Lashawn uh, McIver, who is a rancher. She is a rancher uh, native uh, in in Southwest Texas, and she is going to be chatting with us about uh, the 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 uh, changes that she has seen since she was a baby, since she was a child uh, growing up on those ranches in in uh, Southwest Texas, and what she is seeing now. Uh, very, very disturbing, my friends. Uh, we also have our good friend Ira Melman from the uh, Federation for Immigration Reform. Ira is going to be chatting w- with us from the Arizona border. He and uh, there is a large sheriff's meeting in Arizona going on a- uh, this uh, this afternoon or, or today, Saturday. It's been going on since Friday, since uh, Thursday, I believe, and uh, the uh, event. Uh, again, is, uh, is Arizona ranchers, Arizona residents, Arizona law enforcement talking about the border crisis and uh, everything that is going on that's infecting, affecting them uh, in the Arizona area. Then we've also got um, Mr. Brent Smith, who is going to be chatting with us. Brent Smith is the author of the uh, 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 of, of the uh, Declaration of Emergency for the counties. And he's going to be giving us an update of what's happening with the declaration, as well as uh, what are some of the uh, what are some of the challenges, the constitutional challenges. The headache that we've got, my friends, is that we've the state of Texas needs to defend and protect its its uh, residents. However, the federal government is supposed to be take, taking that role uh, on an ish, international stage, and they are not. They are absolutely not. So, what crisis? What constitutional crisis can we have? Uh, given this scenario, uh, Brent and I are going to be chatting about that. So stick around. Our final guest is our good friend Todd Benzman, who's going to be talking about his uh, his book. And if you really, really are interested in finding out what is happening on our border, my friends, what is not being reported, listen to this interview. Brent, Brent uh, Todd, should I say, Todd Benzman uh, has a book uh, about the, the covert uh, war on the bo- on the border, and it is scary, my friends. So stick around, join us, my friends. Please, uh, please call your friends and tell them to join us. Welcome to the show, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP nine thirty AM. We're going to go to our first guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy! Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP nine thirty AM radio, the answer. And uh, we've got our good friend. Sheriff Brad Coe from uh, K- Kenny County, Texas, and uh, that's one of the epicenters of the pro- of the uh, border crisis, my friends. Uh, it's uh, west of San Antonio. Kenny County is west of San Antonio, right next door to Del Rio. 
uh, and it's ranch land, and their folks are really having some problems. So, uh, Sheriff Coe, thank you for joining us today. Uh, give us give us a, a brief update of what is happening. Uh, what what's going on with you with uh, Kenny County and the border crisis? Good morning, George. I appreciate you having me on. Um, <clears throat> things here in Kenny County are still about the same. We're still seeing huge numbers of uh, illegal aliens walking through the ranches. Uh, I've had a visit with the governor. I've had a visit with several uh, of our representatives, and one of the things I'm trying to emphasize with them is <clears throat> Kenny County does not have any industry. We are no longer in the sheep and goat mecca of the world. Alamo Village has shut down. No more movies are being produced here. Our thing now is exotic hunts and lease hunting. And we're starting to see a large number of, of uh, break-ins in some of these hunting camps. We responded to two over this past week. And they've gone inside and ransacked and taken food and, and uh, just uh, criminal mischief, just tearing things up just because they can and we're starting to get word that some of these leasers are backing out and some of these big game hunters that have uh, the exotics, uh, some of their people are starting to cancel their hunts because of the influx of, of traffic through their property. If we lose that, Kenny County will, will uh, basically cease to exist because that's what pays our taxes, what keeps our restaurants open, and what keeps our gas station open. If we lose these, this, the hunters this, this season, uh, Kenny County is going to be in bad shape. So I've been petitioning and uh, written a few letters here and there, trying to get some Texas Guard down here, try to rehire some, uh, uh, maybe possibly re- rehire some retired board patrol agents to help on, on private property to see if we can get control of this. Uh, not going to be an overnight success, but we're pushing forward as best we can. Wow. Um, I recently heard that you had four chases going on at the same time. Uh, late last week, we had uh, a pursuit. DPS was handling most of it. Uh, and by the way, they're doing a great job. They're keeping things under to a point where my deputies can actually go out and do their deputy work. But we had a pursuit going on on uh, a couple of the back roads, a couple of bailouts, all going on at the same time. And this isn't a new tactic. They, the smugglers will try to do what we call it a, a blitz or a bonsai run. They'll stand five or six cars up each highway, knowing we can't stop all of them. And just at that particular time, everything seemed to work in our favor that when they hit the highways, we had people there to, to try to curtail that. Wow. So uh, you, the, the, the resources are still stretched, but they're getting a little bit, it's getting a little better with the, with the help that you've got coming, right? The, it's, it's getting a little better. Um, of course, we are seeing the, the summer heat, so I, I think we'll probably see some more traffic on the highways because of the heat. We've had, uh, in the past two months, we've had three migrant deaths. Normally, we see one every 18 months, but now we've seen three in the past two months. Wow. Sheriff, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Our prayers are with you. Anything that you'd like to leave leave us with before we go? Uh, I just appreciate y'all's support, and uh, we just need to keep getting this message out there so that we can inform the public what's actually going on. You got it. Thank you very much. Folks, we've been speaking with our good friend, Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County, Texas. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, sir. You take care. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got a new guest with us, a, uh, a lady who is uh, going back to her roots in Kenny County, right on the, uh, on the border, and uh, she is looking forward to it. However, the border crisis has thrown a wrench into her, uh, into her plans and her vision of, uh, of retiring. Uh, we want to welcome Ms. LaShawn uh, Wardlaw-McIver, and uh, she was born and raised in Kenny County. She has lived away from there, but now she wants to go home to her roots. And, uh, well, it's different. 
LaShawn, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Talk to us. What is going on? What are, you, what are your thoughts? What are your apprehensions? Uh, what are you seeing about uh, that's going to be different about going home? Uh, thank you for having me. What is different? I've been... Um Oh, I'm so blessed to be able to get back to the ranch, which is right there between Brackettville and Del Rio, and and um, you know, being raised there and, and being able to be a part of that, I just feel like was such a oh, such a blessing through the years, and and um, and what has been different about going back is um, it's just different mindset um, as far as being more aware of our surroundings. You know, um, back in the day, we'd have a few men walk up, and you know, you gave them food and water, and shoes or whatever we had at that time that they needed and now it's just different with the type of folks that are coming in and, and I guess what I mean being around aware of surroundings is now that when I'm going back to the to the ranch I, we're locking our vehicles or even locking doors or um, when you ride around you know you're definitely um, aware of, of maybe coming to a gate and when opening the gate um, types of things or I know when I was at home just this last few days um, you know the dog barking is it a skunk is it a raccoon or is it a, a person which you know you never used to really think about those things so you're just more aware of, of your surroundings and than you know you would have been years ago now you as a single woman i mean you have got to be particularly careful uh of this situation because uh, well i mean in talking to the various sheriffs uh it, it has appeared that uh, the uh aliens the illegal aliens have become a little bit more aggressive uh, and uh, the fear is, as the as uh, the situation continues to worse worsen, uh, that there will be more aggressive behavior. Um, how do you prepare for that? Well, I mean, I definitely think you have to be proactive as far as maybe having you know dogs or having a security system or or that type of thing. But it's almost like being reactive. Um, there's so many that are crossing now and there's so many wide open spaces you know where it used to be if they came through and now it's just a matter of when they come through and, and you know just the personal stories um, they're on the ranch and with my family that's not too far from us and um and as a matter of fact just yesterday um my sister and brother-in-law that are right there off of highway 90 on pinto creek um they had to break into their house and and they have a security system, and that security, you know, the alarm was going off, and they broke in and got, you know, food and, and I believe, liquor, tequila, and, and they were out the door in five minutes. So by the time anyone got there to help, you know, they were they were long gone. So um, you try to be proactive, but because of the numbers now, it seems like you're almost becoming reactive as well. Right. Have you had, um, I mean, have you personally had any incidents or do you know of folks, uh, neighbors that have had incidents lately? Uh, yes, just like right on the ranch. Now, this is late January, I believe like January 28th or so with, you know, a hunter there at the ranch and and in a, in a blind and here came, he said, about 30, um, all dressed in black, probably ages 15 to 20, um, with a water bottle, you know, headed toward Highway 90, um, uh, coming up to the house. One, I know... Uh, not too long ago is my brother and sister-in-law were coming up to the house and and he was sitting on the porch having a glass of water and he just or a cup of water and he just said you know he needed to use the phone and and walked right up to the vehicle and and asked this and um but dressed very well um you know tattoos and like lips on his neck and uh tattooed and just a different type of person um and just recently, actually a couple of weeks ago, um, working out in the yard um, when my son was there, there was a one that walked up and said that he was lost. He was by himself, and you know, and and you know, was wondering where to go. And um, so, yeah, you're you're just seeing you know more activity. Um, I know with the cousin that up three double oh eight, there was a ranger that was stolen. It ended up not being off of her ranch. Border Patrol thought maybe it was, so they called her and. Um, they'd run through the fence, and it ended up being where one illegal shot another illegal. And I know supposedly they took him off in an ambulance, and, oh, gosh, they just keep going on. A hunting vehicle, um, a Tahoe, I believe it was. Hunters went in to eat lunch, and then this Tahoe was hooked, um, you know, up to a trailer. And these folks came in and unhooked the trailer and stole that Tahoe and found it later in Dallas. So uh, many, many, many stories um, out there of, of activity that is going on, yes. 
What um, you know? Uh, what do you think needs to happen? I mean, in your humble estimation, what do you think needs to happen? I sit here and I think about it, and I think I just want to be wise and in a and an answer. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what will happen unless it starts at the very, very top. Yep, yep, that's true. You've attended, and, and I, I would love to say let's get that border wall going because I do think that that would be helpful. Heck yeah, when you don't have open wide spaces and you have something that you know you have to resist, that is going to help. But will it? Yep, that's true. And you've attended many of these uh, these uh, rallies and town hall meetings. Um, what do you think has come out of that? Hopefully, um, which they seem to be productive. Um, that's for sure. Hopefully, just the. Um, knowing that this is a this is a real deal these are things that are happening and and um you think about the livelihood hopefully that's getting out about you know ranches and just another example of right there on my sister's property you know five walked by they ended up um you know cutting a fence and it was large enough that cattle um you know a cow could walk through this and it's right there on highway 90 and wonder if someone hits one of those you know, one of those cows. You're, right. you you got to go fix that fence. you got to go move those cattle. And, and um, so hopefully these have these stories are getting out there where it is affecting, you know, some some ranchers or some folks that have homes where these folks are traveling. Yeah. Well, um, because it, it, is, it is reality, you know, if you're, you have a job during the day, but you come home and you're still having to spend money on fixing fences. You're still having to spend money on um, your time and your money, you know, that's going that's going into this is very real. Correct. Yep. And we need to get the message to these politicians and uh, and make sure that the media covers it the way they should rather than pretends that it's not really happening. LaShawn, thank you very, very much for being on our show this morning. Um, anything else that you'd like to add before we go? I think this, you know, it is interesting because I think about um, like just taking a walk on the ranch. It's, this has always been my place of peace and I would just take off and I have a three mile little walk and and um, and it, it used to be watching out for rattlesnakes, and now your surroundings really are <laughs> watching for people, you know? And it's just different. Um, it's life. like living in New York in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> it is different. But, um, it, hey, there's not any place I'd rather be. It's yeah. a great place to be. Too. Well, thank you very much, LaShawn, for taking time to be with us. We've been chatting with Mr. LaShawn uh, Ward, Wardlaw McIver from uh, Kenny County. Uh, you be safe and take care. Thank you so much. You too. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Ira Melman from the Federation for American Immigration Reform, FAIR, in Washington, D.C. But Ira and, uh, is, and several folks are at the Arizona border today. Uh, taking a look at the the situation down there, observing it, seeing how it is. Um, Ira, what can you tell us about what you're learning down there? Well, it, it is pretty bleak down here. Uh, it, the, the, what we're seeing are the effects of a deliberate policy on the part of the administration uh, to sabotage any manner of immigration and border enforcement in this country. Uh, we were down there yesterday talking to one of the border ranchers uh, who lives right along the border, uh, and he was telling us that immediately when the Biden administration took office back in January, the surge of people coming across uh, increased tenfold, uh, that uh, the Border Patrol has been basically told to stand down. They're being pulled off of the front lines. Uh, so the border is only be, being very lightly uh, patrolled right now. Uh, the criminal cartels are having a field day, bringing in not just people, uh, but all sorts of uh, narcotics coming across that border. Uh, and that there has been a surge of crime on our both sides of the border, not just on our side, uh, but on the Mexican side of the border as well, as a result of this administration's policies. Uh, so these are all of the byproducts of a deliberate policy on the part of the administration to undermine any any manner of immigration enforcement in this country. Now, uh, one of the things that we've been watching very carefully, because it's not ha- happening necessarily at the McAllen sector, which is right here close to us, McAllen and Laredo and Del Rio, but we've been watching how uh, there have been Groups, I mean, large groups of uh, aliens, of illegal aliens that have been dressed in camouflage that have been stopped and arrested. What is that all about? 
Well, look, the criminal cartels are trying to get them in. Uh, right now, they know that if they are caught under Title 42, uh, that they're likely to be put back across the border. So that, you know, that is uh, in place right now. The administration is in the process of getting rid of Title 42, which was the emergency provision that the Trump administration invoked in response to COVID. Uh, but, you know, right now, the, their objective is to get people in. Uh, they get paid for this, uh, for the most part. They, are, they have an indentured uh, labor force here in the United States because most of these people don't have the cash up front to pay these smugglers. So once they get into the United States, we are essentially uh, aiding and abetting in the practice of indentured servitude because these people are going to have to work for years to pay off the debts, uh, which are obviously going to accrue interest. It's like dealing with the mafia. These are criminal cartels. Uh, so these people are going to be working here for the cartels for a long, long time. Uh, and so it, it is in the interest of the cartel, the financial interest of the cartel, to get these people into the United States. Uh, the Trump administration, excuse me, the Biden administration is making it easy for them, uh, but they still have to get them past the border patrol. The uh, the, the situation. Uh, let me make sure that I understand it. Uh, there, they, there was a COVID restriction or a COVID related restriction that uh, stopped people from coming in. Uh, however, that's going to be removed. While at the same time, uh, uh, Fauci and and uh, the other bureaucrats are going to are, are starting to scream about a new strain of uh, of uh, COVID. Uh, how what is I mean how can they uh, how can how can they uh, relate and adjust those two those two ideas? Well, I, this is just another example of the administration doing whatever they can do uh, to open up those borders, even if if it. Uh, threatens the health and safety of the American people. And you're right. I mean, we are very concerned now about the new Delta strain of the virus uh, that apparently uh, is not, it, it may be resistant to the vaccinations that most of us have received. Uh, so they're opening up the possibility that we could have a new pandemic uh, hit the United States because it, it you know, their primary interest is getting people into the United States. We have seen it uh, time and time again. This is not incompetence on the part of the administration. This is the policy. They want open borders, and whatever the collateral damage is, they are prepared to have the American public pay it. The uh, the South Texas uh, uh, desert is getting hotter and hotter, and we're beginning to see some victims. I can imagine that the Arizona desert is getting pretty bad. It, it is. I mean, it is in the in the triple digits here already, and people are dying out there. Uh, you know, we have all seen the videos of the children who have been left stranded out there in the desert. Thankfully, those children were found and saved, but we don't know how many people are dying on the other side of the border. And, and look, I mean, the president of Mexico has complained about what is going on because it is strengthening these criminal cartels on his side of the border. When we were down on uh, a ranch yesterday, uh, the rancher was telling us that his neighbors right across the border, uh, they are being terrorized by the cartels on the Mexican side of the border. These people cannot sleep on their own ranches. Uh, they can come and work during the day, but the cartels have ordered them off the ranch every night. If they're still there at dark, uh, at nightfall, uh, that's probably the last night they're ever going to, to see because the cartels will kill them if they get in the way of their smuggling operations. Uh, that's how bad it has gotten, and it is a direct result of policies coming from Washington. We are seeing, uh, you know, that, that uh, really the sheriffs are the ones that are leading the kind of like the defense of uh, of the border at this point uh, in Texas is that happening there in in uh, in Arizona as well? Yes, uh, a group of our people are out with the sh uh, local sheriff today uh, to take a look at what they are doing in response to this. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, tomorrow there is going to be a contingent of sheriffs from all across the United States uh, who are coming down to join with citizens for a rally uh, at the border uh, here in Arizona. So while Kamala Harris is going to have her photo op at the border, uh, there are going to be sheriffs, there are going to be concerned citizens who are out here in the blazing sun, uh, letting the, the president and the vice president know that this is harming their interests, it's harming their safety, and it could potentially threaten the health uh, of this country uh, if they abandon Title 42, as they seem intent on doing. Wow. Ira, you're in Washington. Uh, is there anything that you see on the horizon that Washington will do to, to help the states? Or are the states going to have to do it on their own? 
Well, the states are going to have to do it on their own. You know, what we saw yesterday was that the federal government has stopped construction on the wall. You can see all the equipment still sitting there. Uh, the American public is paying a million dollars a day for them not to build the wall right now. And you have the Arizona National Guard out there trying to do some kind of maintenance on that wall because it is essential to protect the people in Arizona. So, the, you know, the Arizona is incurring the expense of maintaining the wall and doing things like that, while the federal government is spending a million dollars a day, you know, some of it coming from Arizona taxpayers, to do nothing at all. Uh, so the, the states are taking it on the chin. Uh, once people get into the United States, that's going to cost state local governments because basic needs have to be provided for. Uh, but again, if no expense is too great, uh, apparently, for this administration to open up our borders and threaten the safety of the American public. Wow. Uh Folks, we're talking with uh, Mr. Ira Melman with the Federation for Immigration Reform in Wa- in Washington D.C. And uh, well, actually, he's in. Where, what part of Arizona are you in? Are you at right I, now? I'm, right now, I'm in Sierra Vista, which is about ten miles or so from the border. Uh, we were down there yesterday, right along the border, uh, and had a chance to see what was going on. Uh, but right now, I'm in Sierra Vista. Wow. And uh, well, I, I thank you, Ira, for taking time to be with us today. Be safe. And uh, my, our, our, our heartfelt uh, thanks to uh, the folks in Arizona who are doing a, a job to uh, a heartfelt job to uh, to defend their state, just like we are here in Texas. Well, thank you. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez and Conservador on KLUP 9:30 a.m. radio. The answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got uh, our good friend, uh, the attorney for Kinney County, Texas, uh, Mr. Brent Smith. And uh, I wanted to reach out to him because uh, he wrote a very, very interesting opinion piece the other day regarding the issue of uh, the border crisis and uh, the legal response, uh, the political responses that... Um, you know, are uh, are clashing. Uh, Brent, thank you for taking time to be with us out of your very, very busy schedule. Uh, talk to us. Tell us first about your, your article. Uh, what's it about and what uh, you intended to, um, uh, to describe or uh, talk about in your article? Right. Well, thanks for having me, George. Um, it's always a pleasure. Well, the, uh, the article, you know, goes into the constitutionality authority or the constitutional authority that states have under the Constitution. And we, um, there, there's, uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about what states can actually do and not do to defend their own borders. And it started with uh, the Center Square is uh, you know, a publication service, and they contacted me, and I did a lengthy interview with their reporter, and she you know, wanted to make sure she got everything right, and, and she wanted... At first, she was going to do an article about just the interview, but she decided that instead that she wanted me to do a um, write an op-ed, and so she could get all the facts right and have the solutions presented as well. Because a lot of people were presenting the authority of a state to do something, but not the actual on-the-ground solution. So she wanted me to try to couple that with the legal authority and what solutions I saw that should be happening. And um, you know, and with Abbott's plan, that what he's doing right now, I, get, I just uh, to me it has a blaring hole in it. To where I, you know, I kind of uh, make a comparison to, to building a dam or trying to build a dam with the floodgates already open. It's not going to work. I mean, it, it, it'll work, but it's not going to be effective in solving the issue. And so that's why I did that piece is to pre- present the legal authority coupled with the actual solutions that I see that are needed on the ground. Okay, so let's let's start with the legal authority because it, it does seem like there is a clash going on, a very real clash between federal and state constitutional authority. So let's start there. What is the authority? Well, you know, a, a lot of people point to U.S. versus Arizona, or Arizona versus U.S., saying, well, the Supreme Court said you're going to do that. Well, in my opinion, the Supreme Court got that case wrong, and and basically uh, they, didn't, they used federal field preemption on not allowing Arizona to enforce its state statutes, which merit federal immigration law. 
But with that said, our situation is totally different than Arizona versus U.S. We don't have state laws we're trying to enforce that mimic federal laws. What we have is emergency proclamation by the governor of Texas and 34 different counties on the border, which, in my opinion, invoke Article One powers. And Article One is a break the glass in case of emergency type of situation where when a state is, is threatened with imminent harm or invasion, that reserved power of those states to protect their citizens kicks in to where if there's a federal law or even state law that prohibits a state from doing so, it's unconstitutional because it violates the Constitution. And so that, that triggers the authority for a state to do something to protect its citizens. And that's what my whole argument is, is under Article One, uh, the states have that authority. And it's different than Arizona v. U.S. because, one, we have an emergency declaration, and number two, we're not trying to enforce our own state laws as, a, as if they were federal laws. Well, and Anthony... Yeah, no, uh, the, 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 the starting difference that I see, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Arizona wrote uh, some, some uh, legislation, some laws, that, that the Supreme Court said they, did, they couldn't because it clashed with federal immigration laws. On the other hand, what we are doing is we're just trying to get some, the federal government to enforce the immigration laws. So I, is, is that is that the difference that I or, or am I over simplifying? Yeah, well, no, I think you're you're close. Uh, you know, with, with the Arizona laws, they actually didn't clash. From what I can see, they didn't clash with the federal laws. But what the Supreme Court said is because the federal government already occupied the field of field of immigration enforcement, Arizona was barred from having their own state laws, even if they were given yeah, the exact gotcha. same wording as the federal. Gotcha. And all uh, Texas, all Texas wants is for the federal government to enforce the laws that they should be enforcing. <laughs> right, right. But you know, my, my whole argument is is we're way beyond that. Even that argument, we're we're so, in my opinion, we're solely in under Article One of the Constitution, where we're just trying to protect our state from imminent harm or an invasion. True. And that, and that basically bypasses once you figure once you trigger that constitutional provision. It bypasses any federal law that doesn't allow a state to do that. Because, you know, under the Constitution, if there's any state or federal law that contradicts what the Constitution says, it's null and void on its face. That's the law, period. So that's, that's what my argument is in, in the entire letter. And, um, and, I, and I believe, you know, a lot of other people agree with that. I know there are several other constitutional lawyers I spoke with um, that, you know, agree with that exact statement. And Scalia actually does as well. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, this situation uh, that we've got here, uh, where do you think it's going to take us, buddy? I mean, you know, uh, it, it doesn't, I just don't see the, the, the Biden administration doing anything to curtail or to assist in this, uh, in this invasion. And, uh, you know, I was reading an article where some Democrats are taking issue with that term, but I don't see it any different than... And it's an invasion. I mean, the harm that's being caused uh, by the policies of the of, of the by the uh, Biden administration uh, are, are tremendous. So, where do you think it's it's going to take us? Well, I don't have much faith in the federal government, and a lot of people are saying, you know, well, Kamala Harris needs to come to the border. <laughs> I personally don't want her coming here because, if anything, she's probably going to make it worse. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those deals. Uh, I don't. I don't foresee the federal government doing anything at all. The only thing I do see the federal government is probably trying to sue Texas to protect its own citizens. Now that they will do, and I believe the AG and the governor knows that. Um, so you know that's the only thing I see the federal government doing. So that you know goes back to the questions. Well, well, if the federal government's not going to do it, the states need to do it. And what we're seeing right now is is the beginnings of that. You know, with Florida and Georgia and uh, you know several other states coming to our aid, it's going to be a um, it's not going to be a Texas thing. I believe it's going to be a, a U.S., you know, United States thing, and which is great. We need the resources. We need the manpower. But one of the things I also go into is that I, I go into steps where I think we ought to be taken. There's a blaring problem with people being able to walk across the border and continue walking off the road. There's not anyone opposing them for law enforcement. DPS can't do it. Our, our county sheriffs don't have the, the manpower to do it. Um, and Border Patrol, which normally does it, is just swamped, and they can't they can't take that right now. So we're basically having to create our own type of uh, law enforcement. 
course, the agency that can supplement what Border Patrol normally does. And that's what we really need to have. Yeah. You know, uh, the other thing is, you know, uh, we don't want the citizens to get in trouble uh, into into a federal uh, quandary um, by taking, you know, action on their own. That's another issue that I see consistently. I hear a lot of folks who want to uh, take up arms and go to the to the border themselves. You know, they could they could cause themselves some some federal problems uh, by doing right. that. You know? On the other yeah. hand, <laughs> they're desperate. Yeah, well, and what it is going to come down to is what you know with this heat right now. There's so many people walking in the brush off the highways. You know, they're going to be desperate for water, desperate for food. They're going to come across a rancher's you know house with his family inside of it eating dinner. And what do you think is going to happen when, when they're that desperate and they know inside that house is food and water? There's going to be a confrontation. And, I'm, you know, I hope it doesn't happen, but in reality, it, it's going to. It already has, actually. And so we're trying, you know, we have to stop that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it really is a, you know, I, I just cannot but feel that this has been a, a, a an absolute effort to create a constitutional pro- problem for the United States. It is, uh, I, I mean, I just don't see it any other way. Right. Well, you know, the Article 1 was created to reservation to the state. In this very instance, like if the federal government doesn't act to protect the United States borders, then it gives the state that same authority to do so in case the federal government is one cannot or will not do it. It's kind of a backup system. And so I think, in my opinion, Article 1, this is exactly what Article 1 was created for. Um, And that, you know, I think it's going to be crucial in the coming months that Texas operates and takes advantage of that reservation that they have of that authority. You got it. Folks, we've been talking with my good friend uh, Brent Smith, the attorney for Kenny County, and Kenny County is one of the worst hit places regarding the the uh, border crisis. Uh, Brent, uh, thank you for taking time to be with us and to uh, and to explain this situation. I mean, you know, we're 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 just. I wish it was it was a lot simpler than what it is, but unfortunately, not only uh, is, is it politically complicated, it's getting legally complicated as well. Yeah, that's right, George. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of potential for us to make some headway on this. The governor calling a special session in the legislature in the coming weeks. And I encourage all your listeners and everyone listening to contact the legislatures in Austin and try to get something done. Because that's really what, where the solutions now lie is with them. You got it. Thank you very much. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. The answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got our good buddy, uh, Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. I want to chat with him about two, well, three things, actually. Uh, First of all, uh, his book, uh, America's Covert Border War. Uh, Very, very interesting, my friends. If If any of you have gotten it, uh, you know how interesting and how, how riveting it is. And uh, also, uh, it's available, and I'm, I'll ask him, you know, how, we, how people can purchase it. But uh, also, related to the book, there are two cases uh, regarding Yemenis uh, that have entered the country, uh, apparently illegally. And uh, they, uh, we want, uh, I want Todd to tell us about that, because my friends... You know, this open border is more than just uh, a nuisance of people coming in that are uninvited. It's people we don't know who are coming in uninvited. So, uh, Todd, welcome to the show. First of all, talk to us. Tell us about your book. Tell us a little bit about your book, 
uh, how you put it together and what's it all about. Sure, I appreciate being here, and um, it was great to see you the other night, too. I, um, I think most Americans are familiar with the border in terms of Spanish-speaking migrants who cross, Central Americans and Mexicans. But my book is all about other kinds of immigrants from all over the world who also come in across that border far less visibly and far less acknowledged. And those kind of immigrants are coming from places in the Middle East that have terrorism problems, Islamic terrorism problems. Uh, plenty of immigrants every year coming from places like Syria and Iraq and Yemen and Somalia and 35 other countries that are regarded by Homeland Security as countries of national security concern. Thousands are coming across it every year, and my book is about the terrorism threat within that flow and how America's homeland security institutions and agencies have handled that for the last 20 years since 9-11. Uh, the book really reveals what the threat is, how many people are coming that are, from, that are on terrorism watch lists, uh, specific case studies of terrorists who have been caught, and how we've divided the America's covert border war between the near war and the far war, meaning what we do at the border and what, what our agencies are doing south of the border, which is quite a lot and has never before been revealed. So that's, that's the gist of the book. Uh, it's especially relevant right now, in my opinion, because we are in the midst of a mass migration crisis. There are thousands and thousands, uh, 190,000 in a single month uh, who came into contact with American Border Patrol agents at the border. Uh, these are historic numbers, 180,000 the year before, uh, the month before, and people coming from places like the Middle East, we call these extracontinental immigrants, uh, those were at about 50,000 during the month of May, which is a 700% increase over the May a year earlier, just to give people an idea. So the threat really seems elevated right now. Wow. Now, let me ask you this, because, I mean, whenever you give a presentation, you're, you're always very, very uh, funny to say that you are a recovering journalist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We, have, we have these two cases of, uh, Ye of Yemenis uh, that, have, uh, that were on the watch list that have been arrested and, you know, things working the way through the legal system. However... You know, we rarely hear about that in the news. Tell us about the case and as well as the coverage by the, by the, uh, the mainstream media. Sure. In January, uh, Yemeni crossed the California border from Mexico along the routes that are all described and laid out in America's covert border war, was apprehended by Border Patrol, and that Yemeni turned out to be on the FBI's terrorism watch list. Uh, that's very serious because there's a pretty high threshold uh, for predicate to get on that watch list, and that Yemeni was already on that list before he ever arrived in California. About two months later, a second Yemeni crossed, was apprehended, thank God, at the uh, also in Calexico, California and was not only on the FBI's terrorism watch list, but also was on the no-fly list, which is a rarefied short list of people who are considered so dangerous that they uh, aren't able to board aircraft uh, in, in any co cooperating uh, country or uh, with airlines that do business in the United States. Uh, that's very serious. Those two cases, the reason we know anything about them at all is because CBP, Customs and Border Protection Public Affairs, put them in a press release. It lasted for about one day. <laughs> the press release was taken down within 24 hours, not because it was inaccurate, but because it was politically untenable for the Biden administration during a massive 
immigration crisis to suddenly now have publicly acknowledged terrorists crossing the border. Uh, so uh, the U.S. media has completely ignored this these crossings. Uh, there's been no coverage at all about either the crossing, nor have there been any coverage about the disappearance of the press release, which is a separate story by itself. Uh, I think that that is shameful uh, ethics, shameful behavior by American news organizations, uh, because because a, a central aspect of the crisis that we're experiencing right now are people like those Yemenis and their ability to cross easier and more undetected than before when you have a mass migration crisis. And to not report this news to the American public does a terrible disservice. Uh, one day when one of these guys, uh, you know, other uh, Yemenis who cross who don't get caught and shoot up a shopping mall in three or four months, uh, somebody's going to have to answer for not reporting on this threat. Uh, but uh, thankfully, I do have my book out right now, and it explains exactly what should be happening with those Yemenis. Wow. I mean, it, it is really, really, you know, so dangerous and so irresponsible uh, with the news media, uh, not to mention, of course, the uh, Biden administration to letting these folks know, I mean, l letting them in and not vetting them. Uh, I mean, it, it is really, truly pu putting us all in in, uh, in jeopardy. Now, I remember, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember the situation about... Um, uh, in 2016, I believe it was, when there was a, a Somali that shot up Kent State University, and he had come in uh, as a refugee. He could come in legally as a refugee. Heaven only knows who's coming in without being detected. Right. Well, as, the book, as, the, as I point out throughout the book, these two Yemenis, like these two who are caught in California, uh, have been apprehended at the border every year for years and years. This is not an uncommon event. It happens fairly often. I'm glad that we catch them, but their very presence, the fact that we're catching some means inevitably there will be those that we don't catch. Uh, their presence is what matters. The, the fact that they're able to get here over the border is really what matters here. And when you're having a border that's collapsing, under the strain of, of Spanish-speaking immigrants, uh, then you have an elevated threat. There's no getting around that. Just, it just simply is more dangerous uh, during times like this. And uh, I, I would just uh, encourage your listeners to just keep in mind that you know they need to talk to their uh, congressional representatives, the, uh, our folks in the Senate, uh, to pay attention to this and make sure that that the programs that are described in my book are not being neglected. Oh my gosh, incredible! Anything else you'd like to add before we uh, we we leave you? Uh, no, just that uh, you know. Listen, San Antonio uh, has had over the years uh, a number of terrorist crossers, border crossers, who have actually been prosecuted. Uh, these are uh, mostly uh, Somalis uh, who crossed in and were affiliated with Al-Shabaab and were prosecuted right there in federal court and, uh, from like 2008 all the way through 2013. Uh, long cases uh, with appeals and all sorts of uh, drama. And these were dime-the-wool terrorists. They were convicted on immigration charges. And, and one of them was uh, in the sentencing got a terrorism enhancement of extra years in prison. Uh, San Antonio is not exempt from this. Uh, just last uh, earlier this week, the a federal grand jury in San Antonio indicted a Syrian on a plot to fund terrorist activity in, in Syria uh, using um, a, uh, you know, operatives in South America, uh, this is uh, al-Nusra, the al-Qaeda-affiliated uh, al-Nusra front in, in Syria. Uh, this is a very serious terrorism case. I know that 
white supremacy is all the rage right now, but we should remember that right here at home, we still have this Islamic terrorism problem. It's in the courts. You can look it up yourself. You got it. Oh, amazing. We've been talking with our good friend Todd Benzman from the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. He's got a great book, folks, America's Covert Border War. Uh, get it if you can. Uh, I encourage everyone to read it. Todd, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Thank you for your support. Too. You got thank it. You. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Once again, my friends, thank you for joining us today. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. Please tell your friends to join us. Tell, Share the um, the uh show we posted not only on the klup 930 am radio website under el conservador we also posted on my uh, facebook page el conservador as well as uh, on lincoln as well as uh twitter so uh please uh feel free to uh, to tap into those sources and then share the program with your friends because my friends we cover issues we cover stories that other folks aren't uh we hear a lot from our friends uh in other states uh in fact from other countries uh telling us how uh they are they are hearing us and listening to our program because we give them information we give them news that they don't hear about in other in, in, in on, on on the mainstream media so uh please feel free to share it the other thing is please feel free to uh, contact me uh at um, our uh, facebook page uh or through the station and uh if you want a speaker if you want uh, me to come out and give you a first hand view of of the history of the border uh because people need to understand this uh, situation with the border has been getting has been going on for a long time and now it's just gotten worse because it's being exploited so if you want to know about the history of the uh of the border i'll be glad to come out and speak as well as uh issues related to race issues related to the fake news my friends uh, uh, really, really, we you know, there's a we, we need to understand that the fake news is our enemy, and they are doing everything they can to mislead us. So once again, thank you for joining us today, my friends. Uh, I hope that you will tell uh, you will join us again next week, and that you'll tell your friends to to uh, to join us as well. Uh, feel free to uh, share the program, like I said. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, my friends. Thank you for being with us again this week.